Festival Special. So it is the refreshing podcast. It is Summer Refreshed and joined by someone who have been in and out of my inbox and vice versa for the last couple of months in the nicest possible way is Alex Petty. Now, Alex is the main man behind the Free Fringe Festival, which forms a huge part of the Fringe Festival in any year and particularly, of course, in 2023 and the sort of surroundings of the Laughing Horse. So, Alex, welcome to the podcast you're saying about your inbox it must be heaving what we've got here with, with the Laughing Horse Free Fringe Festival we've got uh, 378 shows it's around about the 7,000 performance mark and we've got 17 venues uh, all across Edinburgh well it's still quite a lot of emails to reply to <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> you know in terms of how many performances how many talented established artists or you know going back to people like me you know actually you know as you will know on a personal level me doing the Fringe this year Edinburgh's quickest pub quiz to the cocktail mafia just i'm just one small statistic in never doing the fringe in any way shape or form before at the cocktail mafia and i know that particular venue's new so you know this is an all-round yearly task to kind of go full circle in getting prepared for the fringe and then post fringe kind of going all the way back round to prepare for the next one so how much effort is it you know is it pulling your hair out a little bit at times as well uh, a, a little bit of both. You, you can see how much hair I've got left at the moment. On I street. did want to say that, yeah. <laughs> There's a bit at the side still to pull out. <laughs> yeah, at times it can be stressful trying to get things organised, but, but overall it is an absolute joy. It's, it's a year-round job, but one that's hugely rewarding and enjoyable. We start production pretty much as soon as one fringe finishes onto the next one, but we're talking to performers all the time, and it's a great joy to see performers, be, be they new performers, people who've never done it before, through to establish just starting with a germ of an idea for a show or something original or different they want to do and then seeing that whole process over the course of 10 to 12 months before getting on stage up in Edinburgh. The Fringe, you know, it is a mecca for any kind of artist, be it stand-up or sketch shows or theatre, whatever sort of avenue your performance takes for that stage. And the Free Fringe is a huge part of the Fringe Festival. And what's the sort of difference between your Laughing Horse and in terms of the Free Fringe, Alex? Do you want to give us a bit of a breakdown between the, how they work together? Absolutely. Well, Laughing Horse is the company I run through the year. We put on comedy shows. We go to other festivals and produce venues and shows. Then we have Laughing Horse Free Fringe Festival, which is what we run up in Edinburgh. That's the stats I gave you uh, from. Um, and then the term that people tend to use free fringe is for all the free shows up in edinburgh so there's another large producer that has got hundreds of shows and then there's all the independent shows the free shows the busking and everything else that goes on at venues overall so it's uh, much like the fringe itself there's lots of people doing their own thing everyone going around it in a slightly different way but everybody now looking at ways of doing an alternative to the mainstream the paid buy tickets festival be it free or some of the shows that we do now which are pay what you can ticketing that lets people uh, book a space in advance to get into the shows because the sort of process behind this Alex you've got that free on ticketed element where they are still advertised people can still search them via the app via the traditional booklets the website all the sort of familiarities of finding and planning your fringe trip to Edinburgh and then the sort of pay what you can elements because you know this is particularly and I know this from a you know an artist point of view and particularly getting involved with it this year from the inside looking out as well as on the outside looking in speaking to various artists and talents and people like yourself you know it is a big operation you were send out emails asking for help to say look you know we've got a little bit of something going on here 
we've got equipment that needs to get from A to B. The communication you send out is A, very personal, and B, really kind of saying, look, we are all in this together. This isn't just a case of rocking up to a venue. There's a lot of work what goes before, during, and after each performance. The logistics of just planning who is in a venue and when, the turnover times and all the rest of it. But the pay-what-you-can element is great because it is a case of jump on Amazon, pay 40-odd quid for a card machine because there is a chance to actually earn a bit of money for this as well. Yeah, and a lot of the shows doing bit be it the free and with the collection at the end, which of course they can use a card machine as well, or doing the pay-what-you-can ticketed. It is a chance for people to try and cover a lot of their costs for going up to Edinburgh, which is um, getting more and more expensive, sadly. That's where the free element, the pay-what-you-can element of the Fringe really helps performers by it being, as you say, it's more of a collective, it's more of people helping each other out, it's more of people lending each other their expertise to get things running it's not a sort of a fully paid for service where you've got people running around after you running shows for you so a lot about um, doing things yourself but that keeps all the costs low which gives you a chance at the other end of it to be able to both experience and be part of the greatest festival in the world but also hopefully come out with it not having lost a lot of money or even breaking even or making a little bit of money no matter how expensive the accommodation gets every year at the moment the cost of living side of it i know that's a phrase which is just cost of living is mentioned constantly putting on a free show it isn't cheap the process behind what goes into just sort of starting that process from the initial we joke about you know emails in your inbox to actually come into fruition from venues what's that process in a nutshell alex it isn't cheap to put on a free show am i right in saying that um, it's not cheap, no. A lot of the costs are, are outside of the actual production. We used to say uh, for a free show, there's a small administrative cost to us, which this year is £130, which can be if you're doing 26 nights. So it's a very small cost compared to the rental of paid venues. Uh, you pay to go into the Fringe programme, uh, which currently is £295. You then need to pay for your posters and flyers. That's the core cost for putting on your show. Um, so it's relatively low. On top of that then you've obviously got the travel to get to Edinburgh but the biggest cost everyone faces at the moment is the accommodation um, once upon a time you used to be able to find a room in an apartment in a flat somewhere and, and share it with people and it may cost £500 for the month that brings your total of putting on the show to 1000 just over and that's a very realistic figure that you can cover the costs of but now that cost of accommodation is starting to head up to if you're lucky £1000 on its own um, or unlucky £1500, £2000 it's, it's becoming quite an overburdening cost to actually get into and stay in Edinburgh for the month for a lot of people that is one way it's changed over um, the last 20 years of doing this the cost of accommodation has always been expensive that's spiralled and that is not helping performers put on shows it's a shame really particularly this is my second fringe in terms of living in Edinburgh and experiencing it all year round and, and obviously you know what goes into it and knowing these venues you walk past and knowing the difference of what happens towards the end of July for a couple of weeks yeah. in terms of the venue side of it and the fact that everyone is willing to want to be a part of this would you say that the whole idea of, of the Free Fringe and the Fringe Festival to look forward 10 years? Do you think it's you know sustainable unless something changes? Do you think there needs to be some kind of intervention to keep this festival 
running as it is? Do you fear it might spiral out of control a little bit cost-wise? I think it's sustainable, but it's a question of sustainable at what size. Can can it grow further? Are there going to be the performers that can afford to come up and do it? And that's where the worry is that it might contract, that it becomes more about who can afford to do an arts festival rather than who wants to put on their latest show, wants to put on their latest piece of art. It's one of the reasons we started free shows back in 2004. I certainly got involved with them on top of what was there in a much smaller scale beforehand because the overbearing cost of performers having to pay thousands of pounds of rental to a paid venue meant a lot of people couldn't come to the fringe it meant a lot of audiences couldn't afford to watch lots of shows when tickets back then were 10 12 14 pounds you're talking 15 to 20 pounds now for some of the top shows that's how and why free started something else have to happen now 20 years later i think quite possibly it might do because it's getting to the stage again where even with much reduced cost in producing a show it's starting to get expensive to be in Edinburgh again. People are having to make that choice. Do I go to Edinburgh, where I want to be? It's the world's biggest arts festival. It's the best place for anyone involved in the arts to be in August. But if I can't afford it, do I look elsewhere? Do I go to smaller festivals? Do I go every two years or three years? Um, certainly for the newer newer performers, the ones that are, are taking up a show, the ones that are experimenting, the ones that maybe three or four new comedians putting on a show together, people out of uh, drama college, going into doing their first show having written something do they take the chance to do that or do they leave it now that's where I, I see the issues is coming because it's going to be down to people who can afford Edinburgh at the moment and a, a solution to that I'm not sure anybody knows it's a very very complex problem when the cost of actually being in the city is the issue it's kind of one of them where I feel like I have to balance the, the conversation between the good and the bad and there's an awful 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 lot of good out there and particularly for the fact that if you do the free fringe the chances of being seen you know is high if you fly a right if you put it out there if the reviews which are crucial start coming in and you can put those five four three stars on your artwork if you're lucky enough to be able to afford it around the city the success stories from the festival as a whole and particularly from the free fringe i imagine when it all dies down at the start to middle of september you look back and you you're proud i imagine that is something which certainly do you feel like you're more proud now after covid because you can see what happens during the shutdown Absolutely, yeah, hugely proud when we're starting to look back on this September, not just because of the shows that have got awards or the big reviews, but just hearing all the stories of how people have managed to progress a bit further in their careers, make connections, get involved with more festivals, even the new ones starting to get away from, you know, the day job, stop doing that as their full-time job and being able to perform as a full-time job. And also, I think it's COVID proved it's even more important to do this, having that one year where there was no fringe at all, bar a small number of online shows, um, and then the second year of COVID where it came back and was such a release of both people in Edinburgh and performers for those that were able to do the fringe at the last minute with about three or four weeks warning of we can actually put some shows on just proves the value of the arts and of a festival like the Edinburgh Fringe and of the free shows where people can in this day and age back to an earlier question talking about cost of living where it is very tricky for people to come in there's hundreds and hundreds of shows around Edinburgh people can go and watch and donate at the end or buy a ticket of whatever value they want at the beginning to get in but not pay 10-15 pounds a ticket and that opens up the arts to, to people watching and at the fringe as the fringe does to performers taking part in it 
I'm going to put you slightly on the spot here, Alex, and I know we've, we've talked in the past and, and you've mentioned some fantastic people who are doing the Fringe for the first time this year, part of the Free Fringe Festival. Is anybody, and I imagine everyone you want to go and see who has uh, come through your inbox and via the app, but is there anyone who, who stands out in particular, Alex, who you're going to keep your eye on and, and drop in and, and see one of their performances? Oh, there's certainly a few. I always feel it's a little unfair to be singling out one or two shows from the, the hundreds there. You're quite right. <laughs> one, of my, one of my favourites... Give us your diplomatic answer. <laughs> I'm going to go see all of them, every single one. It's <laughs> <laughs> the right answer. <laughs> one of my favourite comedians who's come across and done the free festival before, Sam C, who's a, a comic from Singapore. He's coming back again this year and he's, he's really developed over the, the times I've known him from being a performer when I've been out in Singapore as a newer comedian through to someone who's who's got a very valid and interesting opinion on things and has got a very interesting hour show let's try and think of some other some other shows of people coming through it's always it's always difficult to remember the list on the spot uh, particularly this time of year before, before it's all started before I start to memorise things I mean this is the beauty of having a pre-recorded interview because we can take out the ums and the ahs while we think is there Someone, was it a guy from, I want to say, Lebanon, Serbia, somewhere like that? We, we touched upon it last time. I know you're talking about, you were close enough. It was a guy from Malaysia called uh, Rizal. And I remember we spoke about him last time we chatted. Yes, he runs or ran a comedy club out in, I think it was Kuala Lumpur. Uh, he had a huge amount of issues with free speech and the government out there. It is a very interesting story and also a very interesting subject about comedy and free speech and, and how comedy is performed in other parts of the world. I believe he's in Bar 50 this year with his main show and also involved with some comedy club shows and other things as well. Just that conversation there, just thinking the full-on extreme of, of a variety of people. If you go onto the freefestival.co.uk website, on that website, for yours, Alex, is fantastic because it's regularly updated with reviews. You know, seeing the variety of people from all over, not just Scotland, but all over the world, really getting involved with that. There is shows for kids, and, you know, particularly the Fringe Festival is very family-orientated. Yes, you're putting on as part of the Free Fringe as well this year. Am I right in saying that? Yeah, we, we have a lot of kids' shows, uh, mostly based around late morning and early afternoons at the Pear Tree and the Three Sisters, but we've got quite a few family-friendly shows as well. Um, one, one fabulous act that comes over every year from Australia, Matty Gray, who's got various kids' shows right the way through from... Have a, have a look for Matty Gray, but he's got a kids' show for uh, basically toddlers, babies in arms, doing all sorts of um, just, just crazy noise and sound and actions. Um, and that went so, so well last year. He's doing two performances of that a day, right the way through to comedy and clowning. There's people coming back, like Marty Moore, who's been there for a long time, doing his Circus Sona show uh, for kids. So we've got a huge amount aimed at kids, but then we've also got things like comedy sports or Pick of the Fringe, family-friendly version um, that are aimed at all the family. So there's there's something to, to be found usually up until sort of early late-ish afternoon that is shipable for everyone. And and that's great, particularly in the first couple of weeks of the Fringe when it's the Scottish school holidays. It gives everyone the chance to get out um, and see the shows. That's one of the things that the ticketed has pay what you can really works well with is, is families that want to make sure they can get into a show that isn't um, turn up and, and get in if there's space. Really good time with kids stuff. And then, as you say, right the way through to late night chaos and comedy starting at 1am in the morning and, and everything in between cabaret and theatre right the way through the day. 
It is fantastic. And honestly, Alex, the amount, and it really is a credit to you and the team you work with. And I know a lot, you know, it isn't just you, but primarily running through you. You know, it's a real credit to the fact that you want to support people so much and you will always find the time. I remember last time we spoke a good couple of months ago, it was a case of you were typing up emails at half one in the morning, going to sleep and waking up at half seven to carry on those emails and get everything sorted. And the app is a real good way, isn't it, to check what's going on. You can download the Free Fringe Festival app to give you an idea of what's in there via an easy search for to see where you want to go and to give you that kind of route if you want to take the kids or you want to go to that chaos at one o'clock in the morning. It's the 3rd to the 27th of August, so that's the Free Fringe Festival dates. It's the 3rd to the 27th of August. I hate to say it, but 2024, any thoughts or do you want me just to, to end the interview there and tell me to piss right off? <laughs> uh, strange, I have already had a few conversations with Dax and when we were up organising things at venues a couple of weeks ago, I've already talked about extra spaces and improvements and changes for 2024. So uh, absolutely looking forward to it. Um, it'll be nice to get this one out of the way before I can think about it fully, but it's always there in the back of the mind going forward, particularly when there's so so much going on and so many moving parts um, and so many of the venues are so keen for it to work and to make it work well planned in development for getting more accessibility and, and things like that at venues and it's, it's great working with a team at venues and at the festival overall that are, that are keen to look forward to 2024 25 and so on and so forth and, and just improving what we do every year for, for keeping it low budget for performers and, and open access for performers and audiences going back over the last 19 years Alex a sort of a final question any particular highlights that have stood out since 2004 give or take just the whole event memories that come back are doing one year we we did uh, spaghetti juggling outside one of our venues as a promo stunt we had a, it's it's the silly and the, and the and the daft things i don't i don't want to sit here and pick out you know this person's won an award that person's won an award because it, it feels a bit unfair on everybody else but it's uh, running the world's smallest fringe venue which was a one person capacity chicken coop for a couple of days a few <laughs> years back it's those things that can only happen at the fringe but generally just just so many good times with so many good performers putting on shows and you just get the memories at the end of every year of, of what's happened and there's so much over the last 19 years it's, it's, it's ridiculous I can't wait for when you write the book <laughs> <laughs> could be a very long book yes well Alex I wish you well um, I will reiterate again download the app for the Free Fringe and of course the website freefestival.co.uk if you come along we're on the 3rd to the 27th of August this year and it's freefestival.co.uk and there's loads of links you can download our app from the App Store and there's plenty on there to see what's coming up and also what's on now when you're in Edinburgh from a personal point of view thanks for all the help and advice and if you are thinking of putting on a show definitely check out that particular website because uh, all the help and advice from not just only going to see a show but if you're thinking about putting one on if you've got inspiration listening to this or going over the next couple of weeks at the Fringe it's well worth checking out for 2024 and beyond brilliant cheers now good to chat cheers bud summer refreshed